It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Joe's back off the night shift, which means we get to talk to each other, which I really appreciate. As always, you can find the podcast on the new Himalaya podcasting app. It offers you a great way to discover new podcasts while you listen to your favorite podcast, which is, of course, Lockdown Bengals. Also available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., so, Joe, I wasn't able to listen yesterday for your solo show. What did you talk about? Not. I wonder I wonder how much we repeated each other. Oh, I don't know if we did because there was a lot of uh, – the day we took off was day two and then day three, right? Or that, Yeah, somewhere around that time depending on when you're listening. So I had a lot of stuff to go over. I talked about the defense because we haven't had too many opportunities. There's a lot of good quotes and notes from Lou Anarumo and, and William Jackson and others. Uh, and I played a bunch of clips from Dan Horde and Drake Kirkpatrick and Dave Lapham. And I also talked about the receivers blocking. And there was some good plays, three plays in a row to John Ross, which uh, Dave Lapham dialogued and, and broke down what they did with him and said how involved he is in the game. So uh, that's basically what we talked about. It was a quick 25-minute episode. That sounds pretty interesting. I missed the stuff on John Ross, but uh, I'd be curious to hear what, what they were doing special with him. What what I listened to and what I talked about was that the defense keeps winning. Did you did you have a chance to talk about Jake Dolagala at all? I did not. I heard about that also. That yeah, he that was fantastic. Day three, I guess he was something like 12 for 17, which included a couple of drops, according to Dan Horde. Showed off a big arm. Yeah, three touchdowns. I don't know what drills they were. I don't know if it was 11s or 7s, but for the undrafted guy that I have certainly tempered my own expectations on, that's pretty good considering how bad backup quarterbacks have been in this uh, offseason process so far. Yeah, it would be exciting to watch, actually see a fourth quarterback that you uh, will be interested in come preseason, you know, because normally if those guys get in at all, and if the Bengals like them, they'll hide them because you'd like to get them on the practice squad, right? Uh, But if... uh, you know, normally they get in and it's the last drive of the game and there's nothing really to see and they're usually terrible. So at least if he's not terrible, that'll be fun. Well, yeah, we'll have to see what happens when it's an actual game situation. But it sounds like from an arm talent perspective, at least it's there. And if he can get the mental aspect down and I'm sure there's technique stuff that he didn't get coached on at Central Connecticut State. Maybe there's sure. something there, diamond in the rough kind of player. But I mean, He's an undrafted quarterback from a division. I don't even know if Central Connecticut State's in Division Two. I don't know what division they're in. I don't. I didn't even know they were a team until this guy showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. 
So those are the notes that maybe we didn't get to. There's a lot of Dolagala, the backups. Uh, the veterans, I guess, got the day off on the third day of minicamp. And usually, I guess, they do a team activity or something. And, and Dave Lapham was talking about how they've put in this point system that they've talked about throughout the offseason where they, you know, the offense gets three points for kicking a field goal, but the defense gets four points for not allowing a touchdown in red zone drills. The defense gets points for, you know, take takeaways, obviously, uh, the offense gets points for having two first downs in a row or something like that. So they have this whole point system to keep things competitive, keep guys engaged. It sounds like that's been really well received. You know what I I really like from that too is he said they're unscripted practices for right, the most yeah. part. And that may be, be confusing for a lot of people. You may think, well, the defense calls their plays, the offense calls their play, and they, and they practice. Well, that's not always the case. And Dave Lapham talks about this. And he says uh, – excuse me if you hear my daughter screaming in the background there. But uh, he says – Normally, or not normally, but uh, a lot of times you will, as an offense, say, hey, we're trying to work on these couple of formations or these looks. Can you give us a cover two? Can you blitz? Can you can you do this or that? Just so we can practice against it because that's what we think we'll get when we show up like this. And defense may do this too. If the Bengals are out there in three wide receiver every play, the defense may say, hey, guys, we want to actually get in our base defense and run some plays here. Uh, so either you can call it and be exploited or you can say, can you guys come out in, in 12 personnel or, or whatever it takes to get them in their base defense but instead uh what they've been doing is the offense calling plays and the defense calling their own plays trying to counteract and trying to throw different things at each other this is kind of what you would do in like week two week three of training camp yeah which i think has been mentioned and it sounds like also brian callahan did an interview with local tv it sounds like they have a vast majority of the offense installed at this point they've got film on a lot of the stuff that they want to get in it sounds like it's just small stuff and cleanup that they're going to finish up in training camp. Yeah, I think they said it was 80%. Pretty much the bones are there, and this is the offense, and from there they're going to tweak and, and add on. Right. Well, that is a good summary of minicamp. We're sorry we missed a day this week. It's it's just a thing that's going to happen from time to time because of conflicting schedules. Not only do Joe and I live on opposite time zones of the country, opposite time zones uh joe sometimes has to work nights and so we're gonna we're gonna have that happen sometimes where we have to change up the schedule and and we'll figure it out in the regular season though we'll be probably a little bit more regular in terms of at least making sure that there are episodes on the same days every week i would think oh yeah yeah for sure but we're in the middle like now we're in the i tweeted this a couple days ago our watch has begun we have six weeks to make it through these podcasts with nothing don't be surprised if we take like an extra day off for a few weeks here and only do four podcasts a week. And I know uh, it's really a bummer. Some of you, some of these guys tweet us when they, we miss a day. Like I just drove to work and listened to yesterday's podcast. I am sorry, but uh, <laughs> you know, for our sanity, I think we need to wait until there's some something to talk about. And for your sanity too, I, I yes. think. Well, when I said our, I meant them and us. Oh together. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because we're all in this together, guys and girls. I know, I know we have some excellent women listeners out there as well. So let's get into the questions. First question comes from Stripe City. If you could build an NBA roster with current Bengals players, who are you taking? And I think this, is, this was asked by somebody else as well. So uh, I think it was Andrew. So Joe, let's go, let's go. You pick one, I'll take one, and we'll build a starting five. Okay, so we're doing a starting five. Okay, so I want height. Um, I'm going to go with... I, I want to, you know, it's kind of weird because we don't have anyone that's, you know, 6'11", 6'10", no one does. foot. Right. Those I guys know. play basketball. 
I'm I'm readjusting what I'm thinking, and I'm saying, okay, Carlos Dunlap is probably our center if this is a football team of uh, or a basketball team made of football players. So I'm going to take Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, Carlos Dunlap's for sure on the team. I'm taking AJ Green because Bengals players have said he's the best player on the team. He's just like a wing. He's your yeah. small small forward. He's probably your all star. Yeah, he probably is your small forward. I, you know who else I think, if he's healthy, I think Tyler Eifert would be a good power forward. Yeah, for and sure. That's at least three right there. I'll let Andy Dalton play play point guard. That's fine. Okay, Quarter, so quarterbacks just... are definitely good shooters. And obviously, like, he would have the court vision and the distribution. Like, yep. he, can, he can put a ball where he wants to put a ball compared to NBA point guards. Well, I'm going to add our shooting guard then, and I'm just going to take a guess on this. But I think just the way he plays, uh, I think Tyler Boyd would be a good shooting guard. Mm, Tyler Boyd. I think mm. he'd be a good defender. Who's who's like a who's one of the athletic freaks they got? Like, who who jumped out of the building? John Ross. I mean, did John Ross jump? He didn't jump because he pulled his he, hamstring. He broad jumped. He didn't just run. Yeah, I'm but he didn't. He right didn't now. vertical. I want. I want to. I, I want to get Marvin Jones back from Detroit. Yeah. To play to play shooting guard. How about Joe Mixon? I bet you he could do stuff. I bet he could actually. Um, John He's Ross fun. did did uh, run do his vertical. Oh, did thirty seven inch. Yes. Oh, sure. Just seventy one percentile, but that's still pretty good. I think I think you're taking John Ross at point then, and let Nandy Dalton be your JJ Redick or something. But don't you want Dalton to be the? The guy holding the ball and, and dishing it. Isn't he the point guard of the football team right now? Yeah. Did you I'm watch a, the game last night? The I, watched, I, I watched the end with a bunch of Raptors fans, too. It was very funny. They're like, they're like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure Fred Van Vliet's Canadian. Or I'm pretty sure Nick Nurse is Canadian. Like, nobody involved in the Toronto Raptors organization is Canadian. Except maybe some of the owners. But... None of them are Canadians, and they were like, "Oh, really? What?" And I'm pretty sure. And then we looked it up, and sure enough, none of them are Canadian. So, so they were fun. recent Toronto Raptors fans. So they were they basically they were just Canadian. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of it, right? Right. It's like everyone's into it because it's Canada in the finals. And you know what I thought is, well, the White House invite the Raptors for a White House visit because they're a Canadian team. I didn't team. think about this. And, and no. there's, there's a news article about it, and the news article is like, well, we don't know. But last year, Trump didn't invite the Warriors because previously, hi, Joe's daughter, previously <laughs> uh, the, the Warriors had turned Trump down. So there's at least a year gap. So there would be a, a recent precedent for not inviting the NBA champions to the White House. Right, and just say it's because they're Canadian when probably they weren't going to invite the Warriors anyways. Right. Well, all the players are American, though, except for the couple Spaniards and the one African. I guess okay, Serge Ibaka is also African. Does uh, Canada doesn't normally invite the winner of any American sport to their nope. White House. <laughs> but when's the last time a Canadian team won like right. the Stanley Cup? Exactly what I was thinking. And I was going to say, did they... Do they do they go to somebody Washington, knows. or somebody do they knows. go to somebody knows? Someone's going to comment and let us know. Yep, let's go to and the we'll, next. We'll that wait was, for that. Actually, that was one question, Joe. Let's we get to the to next long. one. <laughs> next one's from Nick Green at N Green seven nine six. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned should we be with Jonah Williams' injury? Well, so far he's missed only a week of the offseason program, which isn't great. But we we really don't know anything right now and i don't think we will know unless the information leaks before training camp so i'm at about a six 
The fact that they're being weird about it and not downplaying it is concerning. Maybe even a seven. Just because they're like, they're not saying, oh, it's precautionary. They're, they're not saying any of that stuff. On the other hand, he's not wearing any braces. He's not wearing a sling. So it makes me think maybe it's a core injury or I don't right. know what it could possibly be. They said thing? he was stretching his back, right? So, Could be back, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that, and if that's the case, they can't give you an update because a lot of times with back injuries, they don't know. It's, it's a muscle or there's some swelling or they're like, hey, pulled something. Could be a pinched nerve. Uh, just got to give them time and keep stretching it and moving it. Yeah. So, so six, my seven, number level, five. You're five? Yeah, that's reasonable. Because it could go either way. It could be something where we come back and they go, yeah, it was. It ended up being worse. We thought the time off would help. And we could go the other way where they go, oh, yeah, he's fine to go. Let's go. Yep. So I'm not leaning either way. Fair enough. On to the next one. But you're not but you're not low concern. That's notable. Five is at least somewhat concerned. Because if it's the back, then I mean back or neck are things I don't want it to be. Or or abdomen. It could be core like something between neck and and hips, you know? Could be sure. something in there. Um yeah, I, I I'm similar. I'm just on the higher end just because the PR if it's if it wasn't a big deal. They're not saying stuff like, oh, we're just holding him out as a precaution. We just don't want to risk, you know, exacerbating a minor thing. It's, it's we don't know. Yeah, it's, the hope is that they don't know, right? Yeah. Next question comes from Scott McElroy. If you were doing fantasy football and picked one Bengals player, which one would you pick? I was thinking Mixon. I'm thinking Mixon, too. I was on uh, the radio in Minnesota the other day, and I said to them, because they were asking about different players, and I said Mixon. If if you get in a weird spot in fantasy dress, and I've just barely started looking at him, but when you get into like that fifth, sixth pick, and you're in definitely in that second tier of running backs, and you want to go running back, I think there's a case for a lot of players. But as Bengals fans, we may push Joe Mixon up a little bit. We know that in this offense, he could end up being a true stud running back. And if that's the case, I think he's going to be worth a first round pick completely, and he's the only fantasy player that's worth it. Now for Considering value, I think A.J. Green's going in like the third round. And if he's healthy, I want A.J. Green. He's a, he's a top of the second round normal pick. So uh, if he's there in the third round, I'm taking him. You took my answer. Next question. Sorry. <laughs> this question is to me. It's, and this is from um, Stemple Zachary. Is that right? Yes, that is. I was going to say his, his other name on there, but I'm not going to. Anyways, continue. What is Joe's opinion on Halo Infinite so far? This was shown in the past two E3s. E3 was just this past week. He says, I'm personally getting all the feelings of playing Halo 3 again. And now for a Bengals-related question. How happy were you that Westerman was the immediate number two left guard? You want me to answer the first part first, Jake? Yeah, go for it. All right, for Halo Infinite. Halo's my favorite game series, so Infinite has me extremely excited even though they're taking an extra year, it seems, to get it right and get it done. I think Halo was on the verge of dying with not a lot of casual people playing it the way it was in Halo 2, Halo 3, so that's scary for me. And I think them taking the time to really uh, make it fresh, make it new, and do it right is exciting, and everything they've shown so far is exactly what I want. I have no thoughts on Halo 3. This isn't Halo 3. It's Halo Infinite. Halo 3 came out 12 years ago, Jake. I have no thoughts on the Halo franchise. Very good. How about uh, Christian Westerman? I think that there's some weird stuff happening at left guard. Uh, Clint Bowling's hurt. I don't know what was happening with Trey Hopkins that day, and they very quickly said that they got John Jerry in there with the first unit too. That said, if Westerman is your number two left guard, great. 
I, I think though that John Jerry is certainly going to push him for that spot and it makes Westerman more cuttable. And yeah. I think if Jonah Williams comes back and is healthy, well, I, I have a hard time seeing Westerman's pass to the path to the field unless Cordy Glenn shows that he can't play guard and then suddenly you need guards. Or Jonah's hurt, right? And it's worse. And, well, who uh, did I say? Oh, I, I thought you said uh, Clint Bulling. Well, that, right. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. anyways, and one other thing I noticed from that day too was Michael Jordan was, again, snapping. So maybe he's the backup center, especially if Trey Hopkins was out that day. So mm-hmm. um, that's probably why Westerman was. It's We don't know. I think the guard position is weird. They've got a lot of guys that could potentially yeah. make the roster. So. There's nine guys at guard. But that the fact that Eight. he did take number two snaps that day, I was very excited. But he, he was number replaced. one snaps that day. Sure, yeah. As a number two, as a sub, yeah, yeah. which is great. Uh, I also noted that, that Michael Jordan was snapping the ball in the pictures. Did, did you see a report that he was center with the second team, or was it just the pictures of him snapping? That it was just pictures to? of him snapping, and yeah. with Hopkins not playing that day, I, I assumed. Um, mm-hmm. And based on who else was standing next to him, was Redmond to his right, I said, okay, that's good. Oh, be he was actually lined up. I only saw a picture yeah. of him snapping, just practicing snapping. It was just oh, I saw that too. Yeah, and there was yeah. other ones of him being completely out there with the team. I see. Okay, interesting. Interesting. What is this team's deal with putting rookies at center? Huh? I don't know. Why everyone else wants to put my guard first? Yeah, it's, it's strange. Next question comes from John Harden. People just want to ask you questions this week, I guess. Joe, what okay. printer did Joe buy? Yeah, I bought a three D printer. We talked about that I think earlier this week, but I bought a Creality CRS or CR ten S, and um. I bought that one because it's got all the little upgrades that you want. Plus, it's got a big heat bed, so I can print out some big things, like a full helmet in one shot. That's pretty cool. He's also printed a little miniature for me for Dungeons & Dragons purposes, which I'm very excited about. He's painting it for me right now because Joe's just a great guy, doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty cool. 3D printers are pretty useful little little contraptions. And while we're on the topic of Dungeons & Dragons... This is something that we'll probably get into next week. Logie B513 gave us a great idea that I absolutely love, which is I'm going to design and take Joe through a little one-on-one Dungeons and Dragons adventure where Joe is going to play the part of a Cincinnati Bengals based NPC or, or player character, I should say. And he'll go up against things like a flock of metal Ravens that, form an impenetrable wall that he has to break through and some rabid dogs and maybe some, you know, undead, uh, thirsty, I don't know, steel miners of some sort. (laughs) Yeah. They'll, they'll be made out of metal or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but I think it's going to be fun. We'll do it in like short little bursts every, every episode for the next six weeks. And that'll be the way we pass the time. And I know nothing about dungeons and dragons, so he'll definitely be leading me through this, but, uh, Anything where you can mix the Bengals with something nerdy. I, that is all. That is half my brand, I think. So um, I'm down for that. Half? Half, at least. I think I think more. You think more than that? No, no, no. Most, <laughs> of your, most, most of your brand is film stuff, I think. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com, as we have been for the past little while here now. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Be there, do that, get rewarded, Hotels.com. We'll be right back. 
This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And we're back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're going to jump right back into the questions. Jake, this is from your, um, your burner account. It's from Canadian Bengals fan. And he asks, if you could describe various Bengals players as a type of sandwich... Which sandwich would they be? And he gives an example. AJ Green is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Not flashy on the menu, but a staple and a top five Sandy that can compete with the best of them. Yeah, this is a cool question. And also, let's not steal Canadian Bengals fans thunder. He is his own Canadian individual. He lives on the other coast of the country. Probably is much, actually, definitely much closer to you than he is to me. We talked about this, right? He's not far from me at all. If right. this is the right guy, because unless we there was a couple of them that is right over the other, right on the other side of the Niagara Falls. Yeah. So, all right. So, so John Ross, I think, is like a mini sandwich that you can eat really quickly, and also he's, he's small. He's toast. But small toast, like like a cracker with with like hors d'oeuvres on it, like a cracker hors d'oeuvre sandwich. You know what I'm saying? He's okay. he's fancy. You can eat him fast because he's fast and he's small and it's small. Are those he's sandwiches? Are, uh, I'm thinking like the um the ones yeah, in the packages, the orange if, ones with the peanut butter in them, or the no, cheese. No, no, no. Those those are crackers. I'm talking like tiny but little bread sandwiches with bread. Okay, but hang on now. There are two pieces of bread like those are crackers. Barriers. Crackers, fine. Okay, different from bread. And, bread has yeast. It's leavened. 
Oh, man, you're killing me here. And the middle has peanut butter or cheese. That's yep, just those, like a sandwich. Those are crackers. Okay. <laughs> They're sandwich-style crackers. <laughs> sandwich-style crackers. All right. How about, how about let's do a couple more here. Yeah. I think Geno Atkins is like the, the, the meat lovers or, or the Dagwood where it's just everything you want all in one sandwich and it's huge. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like the um, it's like an assorted sub, uh, and it's got everything. Yeah, it's got all the things that you want in a sandwich, and also it's large. So both, and this mm. is this is my theme for sandwiches: is size, and also content and and theming the content. I got gotcha, you then. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I need to think about this then. You you got another one? Um. Sure. Let's do. I'm trying to think of something that's red or, and and fiery. Um, buffalo chicken sandwich. Is that Andy Dalton? Because he's no. got connections with Buffalo now. <laughs> a- Andy Dalton is like a peanut butter on white bread sandwich. What? Man. He's with, a staple. He's, with he's, honey and and um, bananas in it. Ah, that's a little too not vanilla for Andy Dalton. You think he just is a regular PB and J? Not even J. Just, just, just PV. <laughs> Wait, what PV? Peanut oh, yeah. butter. Peanut butter, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, was, for some reason in my head, I was thinking the B went with jelly. But... Maybe maybe he's, maybe he could be crunchy peanut butter. Oh, spice it up. Honey crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, okay. Still too much, huh? I, I think so. Who just eats a peanut butter sandwich? I do. For what? For, for so you, so the can... nutritional value of peanut butter. Like your lips? Yeah, but put some honey and bananas in it, like I said. I yeah, well, and it's good. I think I like my peanut butter sandwiches with just peanut butter. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I, to pick I, I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying I'm not defensive. I just say I'm liking them. I what's like. Joe, them. What's Joe Mixon? He's got to be something that's meaty, strong, but yet it's got some zing to it. Hmm. That that could be your buffalo chicken sandwich. He's olive loaf. You ever have olive loaf? Olive loaf. <laughs> Why is he olive loaf? Because it's exactly that. It's meat with a little bit of zing. I guess I haven't had olive oil. Olive looks good. It's just olives cut inside like a weird ham type hmm. thing. Let's <laughs> let's do one more. Okay. Let's pick one more. Is there a sandwich that's always broken? See, I'm thinking of sandwiches that we can make players. Very messy. Okay, so there's a sandwich that I used to get for breakfast at this place in town called Beach Fires. It was a breakfast place we went to for, for Sunday brunch. And they have this thing that's called a bunwich. And on the bunwich, it's a typical breakfast sandwich, egg, bacon, lettuce, tomato, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever goes on breakfast sandwiches. And they, for a while, would let you pick the way you wanted your eggs cooked. And mm-hmm. then after a little bit of time, the chef got fed up with people, me, ordering my eggs scrambled on the sandwich because the scrambled egg sandwich, the egg falls out everywhere. But with Probably the sauce... Probably because you said, don't put any cheese on it. No, of course I want cheese on it. What do you think I am? Some sort of savage? You're I love eating just regular peanut butter on bread. But cheese is also one of my favorite foods. Okay. Anyway, the, with the sauce and the cheese and the bacon, the scrambled egg, the way they cooked it actually was an incredible sandwich. And I love the sandwich. But the downside of the sandwich is it would get everywhere. It would fall apart. And I think that that is Tyler Eifert. Mm. 
That it, makes it, sense. It's Especially a perfect a sandwich, sandwich as long as it's together, and then it's, and then it starts falling apart as soon as you take a couple. Of bites. That's great. And you're saying that I'm thinking Giovanni Bernard is like an egg McMuffin because I can eat like four of those. Give me all those. They're small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they taste great. They're classic. You can use them in so many different ways. Now they're served for lunch. I can eat an egg McMuffin anytime. This is a good question. Is it me? Am I up next? I, no, you are. No, I'm up next. Kevin Jacobson, welcome back to Mailbag Friday. Weekend, whatever. Look at that beard in that picture. You see that? Yeah, it's a longer beard than I've got. I've, I've never tried to grow it out that long, but it looks like he has a little bit more straight beard hair than I do. Mine gets all curly. Anyway, Kevin asks, Lou Pinella said after the 1990 Reds World Series that one mistake was not turning over 25% of the roster to keep players hungry and avoid staleness. Do you think this idea works in the NFL? And does the fresh excitement players have now expire after two to three years? All of this is yes. I think for everything you mentioned and asked, yes, uh, Kevin. Number one, I think the Bengals struggled with the staleness. That's the reason Marvin eventually was gone, right? But way too long, way too late. And the roster turnover, they never would all, and they allow players to leave one, one or two here or there, but they weren't bringing in an influx of talent, not 25% turnover. Maybe if they had 12 draft picks that all made the roster, but largely it was the same roster and the same coaching staff for a long time. And, and you go two, three, four years with it and you don't win something substantial. Yeah. It gets stale really quickly. So I think that's why players are excited for the first time in a long time and why it feels different, why it feels good. It doesn't mean it'll be wins, but it feels good to at least try something new. Uh, but yes, I, if they don't win, if something doesn't go right it, two years, yeah, three years, it'll be back to, okay, let's make a move where it's stale again. Yeah. It's interesting, actually, that you asked this question today. Paul Daner put out a piece with the seven coaches that were holdovers. Did you get a chance to read that, Joe, over the I did a- not. Athletic? Yeah, uh, he had quotes, a verbal history kind of kind of piece in the C. Trent style. I like that Paul Daner is trying to copy C. Trent and translate it to football, but I think that baseball players are a little bit more forthcoming than football coaches. Hmm. Anyway, in this article, Darren Simmons says that the excitement that's out there right now, the the newness was similar with Marvin Lewis when he came in. It's the same same idea. Of course, of course that's gonna wear off over time, especially if you don't win. I think there's right. the the great coaches, the ones that are gonna go to the Hall of Fame, are the ones that can keep it going despite the luster of their approach wearing off and they find ways to keep it fresh. It could be roster turnover. It could be innovation. And I'm thinking of guys like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Do the Patriots turn over the roster? I would say. They yeah. Do. Tons. Yeah. More they than, their... more than most teams. I think it could be an eight year veteran. They just let them go or trade them. Oh, they don't care. Unless it's Tom yeah. Brady. They don't care. Right, that's Tom it, Brady, really. Rob Gronkowski. Those are the only two players that are Patriots for life. Yeah, I'm thinking of like their 15-year run, and I'm maybe I may be shorting them a few years there. Uh, but yeah, there's maybe five, six, seven core players that lasted more than six years or so. But that's you know they keep the roster moving. They've they've actually I bet you they keep their current secondary intact as long as they're good. The McCordys have been around for a while. So is Chung. Stephon Gilmore is going to be there a while too. Linebackers, defensive line, offensive line, wide receivers, running backs—they don't care. No, they move them. And they keep finding good ones. Maybe that's why. Maybe, you know, why pay those guys, you know, I, I think that next you, guy up. You don't need to be that good. If you're good, you're going to put up Randy Moss video game numbers. And if you're just a guy, you're going to win the Super Bowl MVP. It's true. So, man, imagine imagine being the coach that has to follow up, uh, follow up Bill Belichick when he retires in New England. Because you know he's not getting fired. 
Josh McDaniels, right? Yeah, and then he's going to run it into the ground and get fired. I guess that's just how it's going to go. Whoever takes it over, if it's one of Bill Belichick's guys, is is just going to run it into the ground and, and they'll bring in somebody else later. I mean, that's how it works. It doesn't last forever. Yeah. Same as, you know, when the 49ers had to start over and, you know, from the 80s to the 90s. Right, right. And they still found a way to win one, actually. George Seifert was the coach, right? Wasn't the Steve Young one? Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, it sounds right. Whatever. Ready for the next one? Oh, it's Andrew Dockerell. Thanks, Andrew, for another question. But we did answer your question already. He also asks, um, you know, the Bengals lining up an NBA team. So He, he has another them. question and a couple of questions. We oh, will okay, answer great. one of your questions, Andrew. So we'll see you in a minute, Andrew. But Dusty Balls 08, back on the podcast. He says, what numbers would you guys wear if you played or if you used to play? And what kind of pizza toppings do you guys like on your pizza? Two questions there. We talked about this one before you recorded, so I've got my answer prepared. I would okay. wear number seven, and I would be the place kicker, but not the kickoffer. Because no matter what position they put... So the, the way we did this is because it's just laying, I have to go play in the NFL at my current build, which is... Not an NFL build. And What's your build right now? Height, I'm like six one sixty. I'm not in good shape. I, I might be the weakest I've been in my life right now. You said one sixty. Yeah. At six one. Six. Oh, six. Okay, I got you. I was hearing both of those together there. Yeah. That could be a slot, maybe. I, I mean, would be a, a, I would super die. quick, right? I would. Die. <laughs> <laughs> What if they said kickoff, Jake? You got to be on this kickoff, opening no. kickoff of the season, so you're no. amped up, right? And they're like, no. if you make the tackle, we'll give you one million dollars. No, I, I can't. I no. Would you try to make the tackle? Yeah, but I would. I would look worse. You, you see, kickers and punters out there trying to tackle and how bad they look. They're more athletic than me for sure. They're more yeah. athletic than you too. Oh, I'm not saying they're not. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you, the good. generic you, the listener you. Oh, okay. I thought unless, you were unless a shot were, right at me. No, I'm unless you take my were... shirt off and start flexing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'd be the guy that, that's the place kicker. I would like to be protected. And also uh, on a team that has a puncher that does a kickoff, so the, the puncher is your kickoff man. And uh, I'm just going to try really hard to kick it over the defensive line so it doesn't get blocked. And I'll probably try to kick it out of bounds too. Because I can't kick it far enough unless it's an old school extra point to get it through the uprights and not get it blocked. So I'm just protecting myself. The least athletic play or look in an NFL game is when that kicker has to tackle the kickoff return man. I know. It's one awful. on one. <laughs> they're, they kinda, they're, they look like a dad out there running around. Like, like and your they're 45, good athletes. Dad. Compared to the normal population, they're right. above average athletes. Yep. So I should answer this. My favorite number was 13. That could be quarterback, wide receiver, I guess, kicker, punter. Um, but I do have uh, a fondness for 37 and 87 also. So I guess I could 87. play in position with them. 87, my birth year. So I, I whenever I would play Madden, create yourself or the uh, NCAA game, and I ended up being at those positions, I'd pick 87. Uh, but I am 6'3", about 205 right now. But I am not built like a 6'3", guy. I'm just like a regular-ass guy. So I'd, I'd get crushed out there also. Yeah, not not quite as hard as I would. You know what other number I liked? I loved Jerry Rice growing up. I have a Jerry Rice rookie card, in fact. Mm. And uh, I would, I, the other number I would wear would be 80. I liked wider, I like wide receiver, too. Who has eight? Josh, Josh Malone. Okay. Has there yeah. been a good 80 recently for the Bengals? No. 
No, I can't even think of who else wore it before Malone. Me neither. Weird. What kind of toppings do you like on your pizza? Uh, if I can, if it's just me picking, I'll take cheese pepperoni, mushrooms, and black olives, and just leave it as that. But uh, we there's some places around here that make a really good buffalo wing oh. topping, and mm. it's blue cheese instead of sauce, and the buffalo, uh, I mean, oh, the chicken is in there, so uh, it's really good. That's nice. I uh, I like a weird pizza, and I catch okay. flack for this, so I think I think I just have a particular taste for food, but I like broccoli on my pizza. I like good chicken on my pizza. And I'm not saying like Domino's chicken because I don't trust that chicken. But like a nice pizza place that actually cooks their own chicken is, yeah. is pretty good. There's this place in, in Wisconsin where I lived that did a really good pizza. So broccoli chicken, goat cheese in addition to mozzarella cheese. So like little what pieces of goat eating? cheese this scattered isn't pizza around. Anymore. Pine nuts, doing? toasted pine nuts. Pine nuts. A little bacon if you want. It comes together really nicely, I swear. This uh, local bakery that I love, um, DiCamello, shout out to them. They uh, make a great, great broccoli pizza. I mean, it's so good. We get it every time we end up going in there. Oh, I thought that look you gave me was, what are you doing when I said broccoli? I didn't realize you were like, oh, yeah, there's a broccoli pizza here I like, too. Yeah, I, it may have started off, oh, broccoli. Oh, yeah, that's right. We do get that broccoli it's pizza. It's good on pizza, isn't it? For whatever reason, it's salty mixed in with that sauce. It's good. Yeah, it's nice. We have, we have a good time with it. We need to take another break, Joe. We only have two more questions, and we need to get our second break in there. So I'll take this opportunity to remind our listeners that the show is also still brought to you by Grip6 Belts. They're doing a Father's Day special. If you've forgotten, Father's Day is uh, Sunday. Sunday. Happy good Father's one. Day, Dad. I hope you're listening. I'm sorry we didn't keep you entertained yesterday when we missed today. Uh, but grip6.com slash L O C K E grip6.com slash lock for some special offers on grip six belts, ultra lightweight, no holes, no flap. Great father's day gift. Joe, did you get yours yet? I'm not getting one. I think, man, I spent so much money lately. I, I told my family, don't give me anything. Oh, I meant like somebody was going to buy you one from, from, from the Twitters. No one asked for my address. That means you guys don't love me. Damn cold. We'll be right back. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. 
At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Dell EMC. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. And we're back. And let's go back to the last two, final two questions. Andrew, Andrew Dockerell gets his chance again to ask a question that hasn't been asked. I'm looking at his avatar picture right now. Looks like he's playing flag football. And I'm wondering if this is a catch or no catch. Jake, you should probably click on his picture. I don't I think he flag. catches this. And if anything, he's getting hit in the nuts by the ball. (laughs) But I bet this ball slips right through his hands, through his legs, and hits the ground. I think think he catches it with his thighs, but then misses the next play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. He's out for the next play. So he he, he toughs up, makes the catch, and then he's out for a play. Looks like there's a lot of contact there for flag football. I mean, it's raining, so I'm giving him a pass. But those hands aren't on the ball. He tried to catch that with his body. I think I might too. He's he's going to the ground. You yeah, try I guess. To, you try, there's, try, a, there's a time and a place for a body catch. Trying to hands catch when you're going to the ground in the rain. You got wet gloves. He doesn't have he doesn't have people giving him dry towels on the sideline. Yeah, but those are nice gloves. Look at them. They're blurry and orange. Yeah, I bet they're real sticky and nice. All right, Andrew's got a really good question though. He says, you can trade three players' positions, position for position, with the L.A. Rams, okay? It may make it harder if you go DT1, which would be Geno Atkins for Aaron Donald, obviously. So it'll be a little bit, you know, when you look at it and say Todd Gurley for Joe Mixon, you may not do it. I think this gets interesting because I started thinking of a few Rams players, and I said, I don't know if I'd actually make this trade. Um, Jake, do you got any ideas on where you would go? Robert Woods for John Ross. You would take that. You would say, okay, I'll take Robert Woods. Yep. Rob have so a sign for Bobby Hart. Is, is Robert Woods wide receiver number three for them? I see. You might be cherry picking a bit there. He, he's outside. He, yeah. He's, well, it, so I'm looking at it as Cooks is their slot guy or, or Cup is their slot right. guy. Or Cup is. I guess they're all slot guys. I don't know. Yeah. I, I take Cup for Ross too. I take yeah, in this offense, I think in a traditional offense, I'd hate to have Boyd and Cup, right? I don't know. Uh, offensive line. I'm Just trying to make it hard on you. Yeah, that's fair. I'm definitely taking Rob Havasign though. Right tackle. That's the easiest one, right? That is the easiest one. Yeah, because I thought Whitworth. What do I give up Jonah? As someone for maybe one year left when Whitworth, and you'll be better this year than Jonah, I think. But 
the next four years, I'll definitely be better with Jonah Williams. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Last one, I'd trade Darquez Denard for one of the corners. Nickel Roby Coleman is their slot guy? Roby Coleman is their slot guy, then Akib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. Well, you got to trade slot for slot is the idea. I'm trading Drake or Patrick. You said Darquez Denard. My bad. I was thinking Drake or Patrick. All right. See, I was thinking Denard for Roby Coleman because Roby Coleman's one of the best nickel yeah. guys in the league. So That'd I was like, fine. okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think um, you, I think you get a bigger upgrade, but Akeem Talib's getting up there, but he's still good. Yeah, you're right. He is still good. I would take that. I think all your answers are right. I, cool. I wouldn't. They have a, a linebacker that I'm forgetting his name right now. Corey Littleton, um, Samson, Ekman, yeah, Littleton. Littleton. Yeah. If I can trade Littleton for pick your spot, um, you know, uh, for any the of the linebackers. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Pick one. And I'll take it. Yeah, those are good ones. Uh, Dalton for Goff is fine. I don't think that you're gaining a ton, but that's fine. Uh, Josh Malone for Josh Reynolds. I'm definitely on that one. Yeah, Reynolds or, or Erickson. I guess. I guess it would be Erickson for Reynolds. I'm still taking. Yeah, it would it. be. That would be that. Yes. That's a that's a good deal. Get some depth. What else we got but there's here? Not how about any right? How about how about how about Bullock for Zerline? Oh yeah, yeah. That's actually one of the three, right? Yeah, I think so. Because I think it's Havasign. A couple in there. I think it's Havasign, Zerline, and then give me the linebacker. Give me the little one. And, so and good. sure, yeah, the linebacker. Let's get one offense, one defense, one special teams, and this is in a much improved Bengals roster. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's huge. We said oh yeah at the same time. Right tackle, <laughs> linebacker, and kicker. Yeah, we feel real good about this now. Yeah. Great question, Andrew. Hell yeah. Good question, Andrew. We got some good ones this week. I like this last one here, too, from Tyler Lindsay, another regular on the weekend mailbag. Choose one group, all players in their prime, to be the core of your defense. And you pick some all-time Bengals greats. The first group is Ken Riley, Jonathan Joseph, Odell Thurman, Takeo Spikes, and Carlos Dunlap. The second group is Justin Smith, Geno Atkins, Reggie Nelson, Delta O'Neal, and Brian Simmons. Yep, I, I see that. I'm going to grade these guys really fast on my own sheet um, just to see how I f- really feel about them, if these are even or not. Um, so give me one second. I'm running through it. Uh, I think I think that there are some changes I would make to one easy of these one. groups. To make it. It's a second group. You think it's a second group? It's a second group, and it's easy. And the difference is because Brian Simmons versus Odell Thurman, in my opinion. Odell and- Thurman's prime, though. We saw his prime. It was his rookie year. That's it, it was great. You, okay. It was great. You're going to choose Odell Thurman as a, as a core player? I gave him a D for his career grade, basically. But this isn't a career grade. This is but players in their prime for one year. one prime rookie year. That's the, that's, that's not what this is about. This is about, I'm assuming this is am about. Am I projecting what he's going to be when he's 26 years old? I think so. Or am I taking him at 22? You're taking him at his best year, and you're Eight saying one. that's his career. You're, 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 I think this is a one-year exercise. If, if longevity is part of it, then you throw the first group out because of Odell Thurman, yeah. No, I, even if it's one year in. Even if it's one year, I'll take Brian Simmons. Because you're still rolling a dice. See, in my opinion, it's you're not getting – let's say let's think of it in Madden terms, right? It, say Odell Thurman is an, is, was a 90 his rookie year. Brian Simmons, for most of his prime, was probably like an 86. Would you say that's fair? Sure. Um, but I think there's a range of outcomes, even with that one year. For Odell Thurman, could be between a, because he's a rookie, 
let's say a 78 and a 95. You, his range in, those, in that year probably waved between there. Well, Brian I think Simmons you're overthinking prime, it. Brian Simmons' prime was probably an 80 to an 88 or an 80 to a 90. I so think you're overthinking it. I think you're overthinking it. I don't I think, think I am. I think you have to overthink it in order to no. find the right answer. No, I think you. I think this question is asking: Would you rather have a better secondary linebacker group or better defensive line? That's the way I look at it. I can see that, and and that gets hard because the secondary in the first group is much better. Now, if the second, so and I, so here's the thing: I was going to change in the second group because I was going to say I would rather have that cornerback if we're going to talk about prime corners be Leon Hall or Adam Jones because Adam Jones. Great. Had a had an All Pro year in Cincinnati. Did you know that? Oh yeah, I don't like Delta O'Neill being the Del, Delta Delta O'Neill being Delta. the yeah. I don't like him being the corner option for B. He's the yeah. worst player of of this group, in my opinion. And 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 Reggie Nelson, I think he was good. I think he's overrated by Bengals fans. I do too. And I but I, and I think he had to be used correctly in order to be good. And that's not a problem if you're getting a good player. But you know, I don't think he is. He's not Justin Smith, Geno Atkins. And I, I gave him a B with Brian Simmons and Delta O'Neal. Mm-hmm. So Ken Riley is is an all-time great. Yes. Jonathan Joseph I gave him an is a. a. Jonathan Joseph is probably an A- minus then in that system. I gave him an A also. I mean, neither yeah. guy, Riley's not in the Hall of Fame. Joseph has had a tremendously long career of high-level play. Yep. Takeo Spikes is an all-timer. Yeah, I gave him a B plus. I would give him an A. That's and I will you know he is the the linebacker equivalent of Jonathan Joseph right yeah play a long time played really good. well yeah that's fine if he that's was fine. on a better team he would so let's see how I feel about this if I switch that to an A and, and give Odell Thurman at least I think you have to so I would give him a B I give him a D I would give him a B because you're talking about his best year and in his best year he was elite if you're looking at it that way if you're giving him a B then it's easily the first group because. In my opinion, Delta O'Neal gets the lowest grade of and all And what if you change Delta O'Neal to Pac-Man Jones or Leon Hall? If, it, if you change it to Leon Hall, because I think Leon Hall is, was the, at one point was the best slot corner in the league. And yes. it may have only been for a year and a half until he tore his Achilles. But, and if he didn't, I think he would have been viewed maybe much differently. Um, if that was, I'd stand, I, I, I was already trying to lean towards the B, Group B, because I think Justin Smith is borderline Hall of Famer. I think Geno Atkins is going to be a Hall of Famer. And mm-hmm. there's no Hall of Famer on the other group, in Group A. Uh, and you so can I, argue that Ken Riley should be. Sure. Uh, and you can argue that. And it may be like Justin Smith where we're like, man, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a fucking defensive player of the year. But um, I didn't mean to swear there. Uh, <laughs> Geno Atkins <laughs> is make it. Right. Geno yeah. Atkins is, is, is probably in it and the only Hall of Famer of these two groups. So if you switch that to Leon Hall, I definitely take that second group hands yeah. down. I really like the first group, though. I got to say, I love the corners. I think if you take Odell's best season and Takeo Spike's best season, that's the best linebacker core in the league. And Carlos Dunlap's a great complimentary piece for those four. The yeah. other group has Geno Atkins and Justin Smith as cornerstone players. And then, right, if you had Leon Hall in there, you've got a great corner. And then Reggie Nelson is a guy that if you use him well back there, he's good at safety. And Brian Simmons is a good, not great, maybe a great, not elite linebacker. You could I think say. he's just good. I think he's just good? okay and good. Yeah. That's fair. You'd be fine with him, but I think you'd want a good number two next to him. And since we don't know who that is, rather than in the other group, we can see it spikes and Thurman. You feel really good about that yeah. position. It's just like, do you want Geno Atkins and Justin Smith as your anchors, or do you want to rely on the guys behind the trenches? Right. Yeah. 
I, I, as it's written, I'm taking Group A because I'm way higher on Odell Thurman in his prime than you are. When I listen to other people do these things, sometimes I wish they'd recap who's exactly in there. So again, if you're listening, Ken Riley, Jonathan Joseph, Odell Thurman, Takeo Spikes, Carlos Dunlap, Group A. Group B, Justin Smith, Geno Atkins, Reggie Nelson, Delta O'Neill, Brian Simmons. We'll put up a poll. Okay. I think that's a good idea. I, I think if it's, I think, I, yeah, we'll see what the poll says. Yeah, don't say. Let's let's see what the poll says. Yeah. Well, that's it for us, Joe. That's all our that questions. Is. We did it. You got anything fun this weekend? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to one of my favorite restaurants for dinner tonight. Very excited. Hopefully going to get some ice cream. Also mm. very excited. It's ice cream season. It's ice cream season. You, you guys can't see us, but I'm not wearing sleeves right now. Yeah, it must be. Sun's out, guns out for Jake right now. Is it I'm, nice and warm? I'm wearing pants, though, and I'm very hot. Oh, I haven't put pants on in at least a month. Wow. And I I mean, I wear shorts. You got you to gotta wear pants at work, right? Yeah, I guess I'm lying because I'm only thinking about outside of work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Sunday, Sunday's Father's Day. My father is far away from me, so I'll talk to him on the phone. And then uh, my buddy is playing tennis with his dad for Father's Day. So I'll probably... His dad likes seeing his his friends. So my friend Dave, my friend Dave's dad likes seeing Dave's friends whenever he sees Dave. So Dave's trying to get me to come hang out with him and his dad. One of those dads, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got that for a friend that's like, yeah, bring your buddy. Well, it's more like like... His dad's like, yeah, I want if the guys are around, love to see him, like because Dave's got this, you know, we're we're there's a couple of us that are close friends, and anyway, right. yeah. So uh, that's it for the Lockdown Bengals podcast this week. Joe, are you working nights next week? No, I'm on days, Monday through Thursday, so we can be on a normal schedule. You get a full week of Jake and Joe next week talking about I don't know, guys. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll find something. So maybe the Bengals will sign somebody, Gerald McCoy. Oh wait. Too soon? Yes. Let's get weird next week. Yeah, we might. We just might. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can find us on the new Himalaya podcast app for a curated list of podcasts just for you and a discovery mode to find new podcasts. Himalaya app is where you should be going for all of your podcasting needs. Also available on the Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.